I have to confess that I have a kind of ambiguous relationship with the music of Elliot Carter, but that work that I opened the program with, Shard, for solo acoustic guitar, I think is an absolute gem. That is Carter at his very best. It's complex, but in a way that I think rewards repeated listenings. I've listened to it six or seven times just in the last day or two, and I'm constantly hearing something new in the work. The, the piece texturally is, is about as clear as you're going to get in Carter. Uh, rhythmically, again, complicated, but, uh, but, but in a wonderful way. And that's a fantastic performance, too, by guitarist Daniel LaPelle, who is also one of the founders of New Focus Records, and that is off of their first release, Resonance. Welcome to Relevant Tones. I'm Seth Bostead, and this is the first in a two-part episode, two-part series, if you will, exploring the music or the vast catalog of New Focus Records. They are uh, a label that's been around for a while. They're putting out dozens of recordings every year. I I've been on their mailing list for as long as I can remember. And there's just constantly great stuff coming out. And they don't necessarily embrace a, uh, a single aesthetic, which is kind of rare these days. New Focus is dedicated to high quality contemporary classical music of all kinds. I think as long as uh, you're doing something creative and you, you have a, a real voice, you stand behind what you're doing, and you want to do it at a high level, they're, they're on your side. <laughs> and so uh, fantastic work that they're doing. And I got to catch up with uh, Dan LaPelle, as I said, a marvelous guitarist and uh, one of the founders of New Focus. So let's hear about uh, how New Focus got started. The first album was with a composer colleague and good friend of mine, Peter Gilbert. So he and I are sort of the co-founders. Uh, and he has a record coming out next week, actually, which is great. Uh, his, his second second full-length record on the label. Basically, it all sort of started because I was working on uh, Mario Davidovsky's Synchronisms 10, which I played at, uh, man, I'm blanking on the name there, of the- The Concept Lab. <laughs> yeah, the Concept Lab, but uh, the, the famous uh, Lower East Side spot that we played at. Oh, Rockwood? Rockwood, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because I'm not going out to clubs. I can't remember Rockwood, which is insane. Um, 
but so that that was a piece I was working on during my doctoral degree and Peter was studying with Mario at Harvard and decided to write a companion piece for my recital that was also a guitar and electronics piece and we were like well let's let's get both of these recorded and then while I was at it I was like well there's also also this really great piece by Nils Viglin that I'm premiering I don't know if you're familiar with familiar with Nils, but he's an amazing composer taught it. Oh, we've talked about Nils actually. Yeah. Uh, taught at Manhattan School for years, was a student of Feldman, was like a sort of important figure in the New York school, right? Um, and he had this solo guitar piece that I was premiering on a recital and hadn't been recorded. And so I was like, hey, I should do that too. And there were a couple other pieces to fill out the program. And initially there was definitely no thought about like, oh, well, let's like start a label. It was more like, let's really get in the weeds and like get these pieces just right. Like let's really commit to this process, this like sculpting, uh, sculpting and interpretation, sculpting and recording and taking advantage of the things that the studio process allows you to do that, that, you know, when you're playing gigs and you have to worry about like taking money at the door and then running backstage and like playing scales for two seconds before you get out. You know what I mean? That, that it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, diff, a different way of relating to the, this very demanding music, you know? So that's where it started. That was uh, the album called Resonance. Um, and Peter and I produced and recorded that up at Harvard and then actually brought it to Ryan Strieber, uh, who I had met through an ensemble that, uh, I was playing in at the time called Flexible Music, uh, which was a guitar, sax, piano, percussion, uh, molded after Andreessen's Hout. Um, and Ryan had written a piece for that group, and I knew he was into recording, and so we brought it to him to mix and master Resonance, uh, and then found like, oh wow, we love working with this guy. I already knew I had a lot of respect for him as a musician. Uh, and then we did a follow-up album after that of a solo Bach, recording and both of them were on that and that was sort of like a sort of joint production between the three of us and the next album after that was like a mixed chamber music of various pieces that friends had written and uh, flexible music was on that and a couple other ensembles and so it was sort of like by now I guess there was an inkling that there was like a label project but certainly no sense that this was going to be a label business yet uh, with three records out and I think at that point, the next two records that came out were one that featured flexible music, the ensemble I just mentioned. And so it was a collection of pieces that were written for us, plus that Andreessen piece. Uh, so there was a Nico Muley piece on there, a Ryan Strieber piece, uh, Vinit Shende, Oriana Webb. Uh, and then I had started working with the International Contemporary Ensemble right around that time in like 2005. And there was a handful of pieces uh, that I was playing with the ensemble and we had the idea, Hey, like, let's also record those pieces. And that was the record abandoned time. So those two records, I think really in a way launched the way that the, the label started to expand because what happened from then is that people that were involved in either one of those records with the international contemporary ensemble or with flexible music started to approach me about their own, solo projects. And that was the moment where it was like, oh, okay, I got to try to figure out. I mean, my first reaction is like, why would you want to do that? <laughs> you know, why would you want to like release on I, this thing that I don't even really know what it is yet, you know? <laughs> um, 
but people I think felt like, okay, it's a, uh, it seems cool what you're doing. And, and uh, so that was the first sort of step towards trying to figure out, well, what does this actually mean? Like what, and how, how would I, in a practical sense, but also in a sort of conceptual sense, like frame this as it, it seems like it might grow, you know? Um, so that's, I don't know, that that's like the, the origin story. And then from there, it just sort of like, it took on a life of its own in a way. I opened up the program with a track uh, by Elliot Carter from the first album, Resonance, to come out on the new Focus label. Let's move to this uh, very important album, Abandoned Time, featuring the International Contemporary Ensemble. A lot of great music on this album, but the track I want to share with you is a piece I find to be quite enchanting uh, by Finnish composer Kaya Sari Aho. It's called Ajo. Here is Ice to Perform.
That's the piece Ajo by composer Kaya Sariaho as performed by the International Contemporary Ensemble. There's always something dramatic and operatic about Sariaho's music. I was thinking that a few years ago when I was lucky enough to see her opera L'Amour de Loin at the, at the Met. I was thinking this is where uh, she was heading in her chamber music for so long. Always is this incredible sense of drama in her music. I love that piece, Ajo by uh, Kaya Sariaho, and a typically stellar performance by the International Contemporary Ensemble. That's on an album called Abandoned Time on the new Focus label. And we heard Dan LaPelle talking about the importance of that album to the label. Uh, this is really where he started to think, okay, we've got a, we've got a label on our hands here. We've got, we've got a business. Uh, so in the second show that I'll, that I'll release next week, I'm gonna talk with Dan a little bit more about the business model behind New Focus, the kinds of artists they're looking for, what they're, uh, 
what their model is. Uh, but uh, uh, for, for the rest of the show today, we're going to focus on a couple of specific albums, one of which is an album of music by composer Michael Keane. Yeah, well, Mike is somebody I've known since uh, I met him when I was, I was actually teaching at Bowling Green State University in Ohio uh, before I moved back to the East Coast. So I met him just as I was leaving that job in 2001. Uh, and we stayed in touch and he wrote a handful of pieces for me and solo pieces and, and chamber pieces and stuff. Um, and I guess I, I felt like he, the kind of music he writes and the kind of collaboration we had was very much sort of meat and potatoes, new focus. It's, it's the kind of music making that I associated with the first records that we did really meticulous process of editing back and producing back and forth. Like, you know, can we find a better, you know, B flat on the last 16th note of three here? This one seems a little bright, you know what I mean? Uh, just super in the weeds, very nerdy, but, but a sense that we're really sculpting something for perpetuity and, and making like these idealized versions of these interpret interpretations of the pieces. Um, and he, he studied, he did his dissertation on Babbitt. I think, I don't think that defines the limits of the kind of music he writes, um, but his management of material and pitch sort of comes through that lens. And I think from there, Mike adds maybe a, a sort of more coloristic approach to orchestration and and harmony. And it's not it's not as dogmatic as it's not as sort of dogmatically syst uh, systematic as as Babbitt. Um, so I think that that album really felt like a sort of outgrowth of some of the kinds of work that we were doing in the first few records, but filtered through the lens of like a composer portrait, you know, as opposed to a sort of performer featured thing. Let's hear a piece off the album. This is Color Fields, and the group is Flexible Music. Uh, this is one of Dan's groups. So far, he has been playing on everything <laughs> that I've featured in addition to running the label. Here's Color Fields by Michael Keane.
I don't think of myself as being an aesthetic partisan really at all. Like I'm, I'm really pretty open to, to good material in any given genre or aesthetic. Like, uh, and I, I almost think like that kind of partisanship is, is sort of the, the bane of our scene in a way, you know? So, and, and also because like at the end of the day, first and foremost, I'm still a musician, not like a, you know, that's who I think of myself. So, and I play all different kinds of stuff. So my inclination has always been to not have new focus be like, oh, that that's the complexity label label, or that's the, you know, tambralism label, or that's, you know, it's like, I don't know. To me, if I hear it, it seems like it's really working with whatever the language is that the, the composer or the group chose the repertoire to be, then I want to put it out, you know? And consequently, I think the label's pretty varied but hopefully still has some kind of sense and identity to it that might be a little hard to pinpoint. It's sort of, it's like, it's, it's clearly not Cantaloupe, right? And it's clearly not New Amsterdam. And I think it's clearly not Bridge, but any try, any attempt to try to sort of label, oh, this is what New Focus is. I think you could probably look through the catalog and find a few exceptions. Like, oh no, actually they put this out too. I love what Dan says there about not being an aesthetic partisan. I think I love that phrase in general, aesthetic partisan or aesthetic nonpartisan. <laughs> I also am an aesthetic nonpartisan, as it were. Uh, let's play a piece of music that, uh, that shows the wide ranging stylistic interests of New Focus Records. This is a piece by Fernando Benadon, and it is called Coches, which means cars. There's a kind of, it's a complex piece, and there's certainly some dissonance in it. 
uh, some interesting layerings, but, uh, but there's also, for uh, this is my opinion, there's also a kind of story book uh, or otherworld equality to the piece. I like it quite a bit. Let's have a listen. Coches by Fernando Benedon.
It's music by Fernando Benedon. The piece is called Coches, or Cars, and our performers were Noah Getz, Nobue Matsuoka, Jacqueline Pauliffe, and Jeffrey Chappell, off of an album called The Light Delirium from New Focus Recordings. I've been having a ton of fun going through uh, the albums that Dan sent me that are important in the New Focus catalog, and again, I'll be chatting with Dan uh, more next week about the business model uh, behind New Focus uh, Recordings what they're doing as a label. But I want to turn to a piece now by composer Chris Trapani. This is off of an album by Longleash called Passage. And the piece is called Passing Through, Staying Put. It's in two movements. You might have guessed that the first is called Passing Through and the second is called Staying Put. Uh, here's Longleash to perform. Thank you. 
stuff, right? That's uh, music by composer Chris Trapani. The piece is called Passing Through Stain Put, and the movements are uh, the same as the title. The first movement is Passing Through, the second is Stain Put. There's a kind of focused pointillism or something. I, I don't know quite how to describe it. Uh, I, I really like that piece <laughs> quite a lot. It's it stayed with me. The whole album is fantastic. It's called Passage, and it's by the group Long Leash uh, from New Focus Recordings, of course. We've got a little bit of time left on the program, so I'm going to return now to the first album that New Focus put out called Resonance and feature the wonderful playing of Dan LaPel again. This is the piece that he referenced at the very beginning of the show by Nils Vigeland, and it's called La Folia Variance. We're going to hear movement one, cadenza, and movement three, dances, and again, Dan LaPel on solo acoustic guitar. Next week, I will feature more music by New Focus Recordings. Until then, stay safe. For Relevant Tones, I'm Seth Bosted. Thanks so much for listening.